0: All right, so we are in a series called Unhappy Holidays. This is part three, uh, our final part. Uh, if the holidays are so happy, why do I feel so blue, is, uh, is our tagline. You know, we're bombarded by uh, social media and Hallmark movies uh, this, this time of year. And so what happens is we do the comparison trap, right? We say, you know, watch a Hallmark movie and we say, well, my life doesn't look like that, right? Uh, I'll probably watch a Hallmark movie tonight, so I'm not I'm not dissing Hallmark movies. Um, that's my wife's love language, so I'm gonna I'm gonna spend some quality time with her. But um, you know, the, but that's not reality. And uh, you know, we look at Facebook, and and it's Thanksgiving week this week, so everyone's taking pictures of all these incredible pictures. Um, you know, but really, social media is not reality as well, because everyone posts their best stuff, right? I mean, have you ever seen anyone post a bad selfie of themselves? You know, usually you don't. You know, you had family in town this week. Did anyone post a picture of, uh, of some family tension in the room? I didn't see any of those. But I'm sure that happened, right? I mean, because that's reality. Uh, maybe you feel overwhelmed, discouraged, depressed. And if you do, you're not alone, because I, at times, feel that way as well. And just because you're Christian does not mean that you are immune to these same struggles if you have these in your life it does not make you a bad or weak christian it makes you human amen so week one we looked at some godly men some heroes of the bible that battled with uh, discouragement and depression we talked about moses how he led uh, israel out of egypt they were enslaved for over 400 years and, and here they have this incredible encounter with, with Pharaoh's army and a parting of the Red Sea. And, and Israel is saved and, and all the Egyptians, and they're all just washed up. And, I mean, can you imagine what, what a high that was? And then after that, Israel starts to complain. They, comp- they start complaining. They said, you know, it was better when we were slaves in Egypt than being free in the desert. And then they're complaining about the food, the manna, and everything else, and and Moses can't take it. He can't take it, and um, and he talks to God, and he he gets real before God, and, and said, God, I, I take me. I can't take these people anymore. Then we then we took that uh, Elijah, how he goes toe to toe with the false false prophets of Baal, and then there's a there's a there's an altar challenge, and and Elijah says, you know. Uh, You guys build an altar and see if your false god can can set that on fire. And then I'm gonna build an altar You know what and not only gonna build an altar, but I'm gonna I'm gonna drench it with water So it's sitting in water and and we'll see who whose God is real And so the God of Israel comes down and and he sets that altar that Elijah made on fire And then kills a bunch of those uh, false prophets of Baal. I mean, can you imagine the 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 high that he must have felt? And then he hears that Queen Jezebel is ticked off at Elijah and wants to kill him. So Elijah flees, and he runs for his life. And and he goes in isolation, and he asks for God to to take his own life. Then we looked at Jonah and and how God delivered uh, Jonah from from being digested by a big fish and, and conducted a very successful citywide crusade where an entire city repented and gave their life to God. But then Jonah gets angry at God's compassion for the people of Nineveh. And then, and then Jonah doesn't want to live anymore. I, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't get that. How God saves a city, and then, and then Jonah gets mad because they were so wicked beforehand. And they all wanted to die, and they all wanted God to kill them. And we talked about that first week, how you are not damaged goods you are not damaged goods whatever you may be going through whether you're overwhelmed whether you're discouraged whether you're depressed and God can still use you and still do great things through you no matter what you're going through no matter what you're going through you know we all want to be used for a bigger purpose we want we all want to be used to touch people's lives and God can use you even when you find yourself in a season that is discouraging and, and you just feel overwhelmed and depressed. In week two, we, caused, we talked about the causes of depression. Sometimes it can be abuse. Sometimes it can be medications that can cause depression. Now, we did talk about that there are medications that, that people need to be on, and, and, and you, shouldn't be, you shouldn't feel bad about being on those medications. And, um God has given people wisdom, and to, to 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 create those medications. We talked about how some of the other causes can be conflict or loss. Maybe loss of a loved one. Maybe this was your first Thanksgiving without without a family member, and, and how difficult that was. Uh, loss of relationship, loss of uh, a home or, or a job. Maybe there's depression. There's there's genes in your family of, of depression. Uh, my family has has battled depression. Uh, my great-grandpa, um, my, my grandpa, Graydon, uh, supposedly took his own life because of, because of this as well. Maybe there's major transitions in, in your life going on right now. Isolation, serious illness, substance abuse. And Pastor even shared that, that 30% of people that uh, ha- battle substance abuse also battle depression as well and how those two correlate. PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress syndrome, and, and maybe just... Uh, an experience that you went through, maybe in your military or law enforcement or firefighter, whatever it is, or maybe whatever it was, maybe it was a childhood uh, PTSD that, that, you, that you went through that's caused that, maybe lack of sleep as well. But Moses and Elijah and Jonah had a physical problem, and these men were physically and emotionally exhausted. And some of you are saying, well, I've spent a week with family, so I totally get that, <laughs> what that feels like. Now, at times, do you feel like you have nothing to give? Do you guys feel it that, that way sometimes? I mean, there's sometimes where I am just exhausted, and I have nothing more to give. And I just I want to crawl into bed and just say, whatever, we got a new day tomorrow. In Exodus 18, we, we read about Jeth- uh, Jethro, Moses' father-in-law, who confronts Moses because Moses, day and night, is trying to meet the needs of not hundreds, not, th- not thousands, hundreds of thousands of people. He's trying to meet all their needs. And Jethro sees what he's doing, and he says, what you're doing is not good. You and these people, you and these people who, are, who, who come to you will only wear yourselves out. The work is too heavy for you. You cannot handle it alone. So what about you? Do you feel like this right now? That you're trying to meet all these needs? You can't do it alone. You have to stop. You can't be everyone's savior. There's one savior, and you're not it. And I'm not it. We need guardrails in our lives. You know, when you're driving on the road, there's guardrails. You know, if there's a cliff, there's a guardrail. Well, that guardrail doesn't butt up right where it drops off. That guardrail, there's, there's, there's a lot of space usually between where that drop-off is. And that guardrail is so you don't even get close to the edge. So do you have guardrails in your life that, <clears throat> that are boundaries where you can protect yourself and, and your family and, and just just life in general, and and all these needs that are coming at you. I think being a pastor now is harder than it was 13 years ago when I started. It's harder. And now I realize that I have three kids going on four. Duggers, better watch out. We're coming for you. My wife is not smiling right now. You better find yourself another woman, because it gives you another 15 more kids for that. that's not her at all. <laughs> uh, I, I try to try to keep my work week up around forty hours. I try I try to really do that. I try to do a, a good job with that. They say the average work week for a pastor is fifty six hours. That's two more days. That's two more days uh, of work. I, I, uh, <clears throat> I try to leave my computer at home. It stays at home when when uh, when I'm. I'm sorry. I leave my computer at work when I go home, <laughs> so I don't get on it. Um, when I'm at home with my family, I try not to answer the phone. Uh, when it's my day off, I try not to answer the phone. Uh, if you call me, leave a message. If you don't leave a message, I'm not calling you back. If it wasn't important you leave a message. I'm not going to call you back. Uh, social media, I try to really limit my social media. Uh, I, try, I try not to get on it very much on my days off. Uh, now, yesterday was a little bit different because Ohio State was playing Michigan. <laughs> Go Bucks. Toll charts, charts had us over. We, we love them very dearly. We're, we're praying for them. Um, but, uh, but I try to live in my social media. Don't give your family leftovers. Don't give your family your scraps. And someone said one time, the people around your bed in your final moments in this life is who you need to be pouring into investing in. That's a a powerful statement. The people around your bed in your final moments is who you need to be given your best to. So we have Moses and Elijah and Jonah had a physical problem, but they also had a perspective problem. Moses had his eyes upon others, and he had a problem with people. Elijah had his eyes upon himself, and he had a problem with pity. Jonah had his eyes upon his circumstances, and he had a problem with pouting. No powders in here though, right? But none of them had their eyes upon God. If you focus on others, yourself, and your circumstances, and you focus... and you have a problem with people, with pity and pouting, that is a recipe for discouragement and depression every single time. So today, we're going to conclude with one more uh, problem that caused you to be overwhelmed, discouraged, and depressed. Then we're going to talk a little bit about how to win the war with depression and how how to help others in their battle. So the third problem our three Bible, her- our three Bible hero- heroes had was a power problem. Was a power problem. Our enemy Satan is a master strategist. And he knows exactly when to move in and attack us so we take our eyes off God and begin to trust self. For these great men of faith to go through, to get so low, they would pray for God to kill them, reveals that all three had become spiritually powerless, trusting self on how to deal with their situation. You can't do it without God. You were never meant to do life without God. You are never meant to go through the situation you're going through without God. Dr. Phil says, how's that working for you? What in your life are you trying to figure out instead of handing it over to God? What's going on right now in your life? Because what Satan wants you to do is Satan wants you to rely on your own strength. He wants you to try to think that you can figure it out on your own. God wants you to depend on him. How unloving is that? That's not unloving at all. God wants you to depend on him. Confess your struggle and ask for help. Then God can start the healing process. And he can strengthen you. But as long as you try to keep on doing it yourself, that, 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 gas, that gas tank is going to go... Eventually, going to come on eat. It is. No matter if a person is in the pew or the pulpit, once you move towards self instead of God, you're going to go down. You're going to go down. No matter if a person, I already said that before. Sorry. Uh, Satan is the kind of friend who, if you were in quicksand, he would pat you on the head. He's a punk man. Satan is a punk. Tweet that. Deuteronomy 25, 17 through 18. God warns and reminds Moses. Now, before we dig into this, I think that's really important, that God warns and reminds. That's one of the reasons why it's so important to read scripture on a regular basis, because God is warning you and reminding you. He's warning you if you do this, this is going to happen. If you follow me, this is going to happen. If you don't follow me, this is going to happen. So he is, he is warning you. What is he warning you right now about? That you're just, you can't even, I mean, you're going full bore. He reminds you through scripture. He reminds you of who he is, and God wants to remind you what he has done before in your life and wants to remind you what he will do now and in the future. The Bible is all about warning and reminders and restoration when we, do, when we get it wrong. So he says, you must never forget what the people of Amalek did to you as you came from Egypt. Remember, they fought with you and struck down those who were faint and weary and lagging behind with no respect or fear of God. So God is saying, Moses, you need to remember what the Malachites did to you and my children when you were coming out of Egypt. This is what they did. They didn't attack the spiritually strong. They came after the weak stragglers. This satanically inspired enemy watched the people of Israel and said, We're going to find those who are faints. We're going to find those who are frail. We're coming after them first. They'll be the easiest to take down. When you are physically, emotionally, and spiritually weak, you're a sitting duck for the enemy. He sees the advantage, and he seizes it. You know, it's it's very rare that the the enemy will never take you head on, man. He is is stealth. He's like in the nights with a bow and arrow. And and he just attacks in such silent ways. 1 Peter 5.8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion seeking who he may devour. Satan wants to destroy you. Every single one of us. He wants to destroy your kids, your grandkids, your, your coworkers, everybody in your life. He wants to destroy you physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And he is the real enemy. Not your spouse, not a family member, not a friend. Satan is the real enemy. So quit thinking other people are the enemy. Moses, Elijah, and Jonah were coming off an emotional high. Great spiritual victories. You would think after mountaintop experiences like that, they would be on top of the world. But soon after these great victories, all three of them are praying for God to kill them. So why do these three Bible heroes get in all this trouble? Well, their eyes were on people, self, and circumstance. And anybody, including Christians, will get depressed when that happens. When did Satan come to tempt Jesus? You know, before Jesus started his, started his ministry, Jesus had just been baptized. The Holy Spirit of God descended upon him like a dove in his baptism. The Father affirmed him. In front of others, saying, I am well pleased with my son. But then Jesus goes into the desert for 40 days. He is physically worn out from isolation and fasting for 40 days in the wilderness. I mean, you, some of you skip lunch and you're just like, man, I'm dying. I mean, 40 days. Then comes the devil. But he didn't win with Jesus, and he doesn't have to win with you and your family. He doesn't have to win. So can I be real a little bit here? Not that I need your permission anyway. So I have some close friends in my life that aren't impressed with me. You need people in your life that aren't easily impressed with you. That don't just tell you what you want to hear, but tell you what you need to hear, right? So I got a couple of these close friends, and we get together. Sometimes we talk on the phone. Sometimes we, you know, get, get a meal together. <clears throat> We're talking, and this is in October, and they're asking me, man, you know, how you doing? And I, I, was, I, was, I was dead serious. I said... I said, man, I feel like I'm leading from a healthier place than I've ever led before. I feel like I'm leading my family well. I feel like I'm leading uh, the Bridge-Goldsboro campus well. I just, I just feel good. Then November November comes. And I don't know what it is about this month, but it's been a tough month. And you can even ask my wife. She'd be like, amen. Amen i this month man i've just I've, I've just been sad there's just been this sadness that i i can't remember me having in, in a long time and i have been i've been overwhelmed i've been you know inadequate i feel, I, feel, I feel like i've been inadequate um i feel, i've been been insecure i've been discouraged um, there was i think earlier this month you know it was after work and and I was I was just sad, man. I, and I was washing the dishes, and I just started crying, cause I was just sad. And, and all I wanted to do was I just wanted to go to bed. And, and I remember breakfast the next morning, and you know everyone's sitting around the table and stuff. And I I, I didn't say a word, man. I'm just sitting there. You, you ever get to the point where you just you don't want to say anything, you don't feel like saying anything. And uh, I just wanted to go back to bed. And th- and that's not like me. That's not like me at all. Um, you know, this past Tuesday was a rough day for me. I, I got home from work and, uh, you know, I had, a, had some car issues, so my car had to, had to get towed, and um, which is a great time to have that happen, you know, during Christmas. And, um, you know, I was giving the kids a shower and, and uh, you know, kids just, they just know how to push your buttons, man, you know? And, and just like we did when we were kids, right? And so I'm trying to give him a shower, and, and, and I, just, I just couldn't take anymore, man. I, just, I, go, I go to Sabrina. I'm like, I got to get out of the house. And she's like, just go. She knows me, man. She's like, just go. I mean, I don't, I don't do this very often. I'm not a, like a fleer. Uh, but, but she's like, just go. So I'm driving around Goldsboro, man, and I'm just crying. I'm just crying. And, and I was crying so hard a, a couple times that I had to, like, pull over, man, because I'm, I'm, like, literally weeping, you know. And, uh, I didn't have any clinics in the car, so I had to improvise, you know, how that goes, and um, I, it was, you know, and so and then what I do, I go, I, go on, I go on YouTube on my phone, and I'm like, I, I search the saddest songs of, <laughs> and so literally, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the van, dude, and I'm bawling, and I'm, I'm just listening to like the top 20 songs in the last 40 years that are the saddest songs that's messed up, man, you know, like, and, I, and here I am preaching, you know, like, wow, okay, so, um, and I texted my friend, I text, actually texted a couple of my friends, and and one of my buddies, man, I just love him so much, he's a pastor in this area, and me and, me and, me and him are just, we're just really close, and, and he said, man, you want to get a late night bite to eat, and he's got a couple kids, too, and I said, man, I really appreciate that, but just be praying for me, you know, and and uh, so I, I, I did go home, you know, I needed about an hour, hour and a half, and, and, um, you know, you can only sit in the, you know, community college parking lot for so long listening, <laughs> listening to sad songs and, and weeping and snot everywhere. I mean, you got to go home, you know? Um, <clears throat> but what, I think what's been happening to me this month is, is my eyes are, are, are focused on people. They, they've really been focused on myself and, and some of my circumstances right now. Um, and I, I've been doing a lot of complaining lately. And, and, and I'm not, not, not being very grateful. And that's, that's a recipe for sadness and discouragement and, and depression. Um, so how do we win the war with depression and discouragement? Well, we need to develop relationships with those who are supportive. Uh, turn to trusted friends and family members. Be open and honest with what you're going through. <clears throat> Be a good friend. Who doesn't try to fix everything but be a good listener? I mean, really, uh, we don't need people trying to give us all this wisdom and advice when we're going through a difficult time, right? We, uh, we just need people to come alongside of us and, and put their armor on our shoulder and, man, you know, just cry with us a little bit, man. I mean, your, your tears mean more to me than anything you could say. Uh, try to keep up with social activities even if you don't feel like it. Often, when you're depressed, it feels more comfortable to retreat into your shell, uh, but being around other people will make you feel less depressed. Man, there's some I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, uh, an extrovert. I'm not. I know, you know, I get up here and, and, and even before service and after service, like I, I have to force myself to be an extrovert because of my job, but I'm not naturally an extrovert. Um, people drain me. You guys drain me. <laughs> uh, uh, are you encouraged by that? You drain me. Um, <laughs> my wife loves being around people. I, you know, I can sit in my office for 10 hours straight and just plug away work, and I would be fine, you know. Um, now, I do like to be around people, but I, you know, I need, I need, like, you know, pockets of that, and, but my wife, she just gets energized by people, but sometimes I just have to force myself. My, you know, my, my wife, sometimes we'll, we, we you know, we, we'll be at the house, and that's on a weekend, we're going somewhere, and I'll just be like, ah, I just want to stay back, you know, and, but sometimes I have to really force myself to to get out and and, and not isolate myself. Join a life group. Uh, Being with others for the purpose of community and spiritual growth can go a long way in reducing uh, your sense of isolation. You can also encourage others, give and receive advice on how to cope and share your experiences. I tell you what, man, one of the things that I find that helps me out is when I'm going through a difficult time and discouraging uh, discouraging time, and, 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 you know, I— we all have different ways we cope with that. But one of the things that helps me is when I help someone else. It helps me kind of get out of that funk a little bit. It helps me realize that it's not just about me. And, and I just come alongside of someone and say, hey, man, I just been through that. You know, let's go through this together. And, and when, you, um, when you just kind of open up and share your story a little bit, uh, when you encourage someone that, that is down, it helps you get out of that. It, it really does. Uh, so joining a life group is, is a great way to do that. Number two, uh, recognize and challenge negative thoughts like these. And I know almost every single person has thought of some of these before. So notice a negative thought that says, I'm a total failure. I'm a loser. Recognize a negative thought that I can't do anything right. I mess up everything. They would be better off without me. I've said that a few times. That's a lie. No one, nobody in your life would be better without you. Another lie is nothing is ever going to change, so why try? It's always going to be this way. You are not your mistake. You are not your mistake. And I think sometimes we can be our worst critic. Would you guys agree with that? I mean, I'm glad I'm not the Holy Spirit, man. (laughs) Because, I mean, we think... I was driving, I was driving on 7 the other day, and there was a cop behind me, you know when there's a cop behind you, 10 and 2, baby, 10 and 2, I'm, I'm a 5, I'm a 5 over kind of guy, you know, I always go 5 over, come on, it's 5 over, you know, really, and, uh, but not when a cop's behind me, 55, I'm going 55, baby, you know, like that, and I'm just kind of, I'm just waiting for that cop to turn on his lights, to something wrong I do, right, you guys, you guys feel me? Some of you think that's how God is in your life. Some of you think that's how the Holy Spirit is in your life, which is a lie. He is not waiting for you to mess up so he can nail you. The Holy Spirit, God's very presence, is a gentleman. He is, um, you know, we, we think of male attributes, male, female attributes. The Holy Spirit is so... Gentle and so loving and so tender. And that lives inside of you if you are a child of God. He's not the cop that's trying to bust you all the time. I mean, if you feel like that's the way God is, I can almost guarantee you're not enjoying the Christian walk. God wants you to enjoy it. He wants you to enjoy your life. Yes, you may be going through a difficult time, maybe even going through hell on earth right now. I don't know. But God wants you to enjoy. When you enjoy life, you glorify God when you enjoy life. Dr. Henry, Henry Cloud said, mistakes will not hurt you. Patterns will determine where you end up. Move past mistakes. Seriously deal with patterns. Move past your mistakes. That's not who you are. But if there is a pattern in your life, you got to deal with that. If this is what what you always revert to, or a struggle that you're always having, uh, or whatever it is, you need to deal with it. You need to confess it. You need help. Because you can't do it through on your own. Number three. Take good care of yourself. Get outside, take a walk, listen, listen to worship music, sleep. That's a pretty important thing. Nothing productive happens after ten PM. Nothing productive. So tonight, when it's ten o'clock, nothing productive happens after ten. There are very rare exceptions to that. <laughs> I wasn't even thinking, but now you go, right. <laughs> hey, yeah. That's why we got four kids. I don't know. <laughs> my goal is to embarrass my wife today. I'm, I think I'm almost getting there. Uh, we got to learn how to relax. Uh, develop a pre-plan of attack when, ex- when unexpected stress is going to come. You guys know when it's starting to come, man. I mean, it, it, it starts to rise, it starts to rise, and you have to have an attack when that comes. Because if you don't, you're going to blow up, or you're going to do something or say something you're going to regret. So what is your attack when you start to feel that feel that happen? Get a pet. But don't get a pet. Don't get a cat because they're from Satan. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, kind of. Kind of. Um, see a Christian counselor. See a Christian counselor. There's nothing wrong with seeing a Christian counselor. You need a spiritual advisor in your life. Maybe you need to go see a doctor as well. Uh, I know one of the things that, that's kind of come, come out of this month and this, and this past week that's been difficult is I need to, I need to go see a Christian counselor, man. I, there's some stuff in my life that I need to work through. Um, and I'm not, I'm not ashamed to say that I need a Christian counselor or a spiritual advisor that, that I can talk to and, and, uh, that would just, that will answer the, ask the right questions and, and, uh, help me work through some stuff because I want to be healthy, man. I want to be, I want to be a, a healthy husband and a healthy father and, and a healthy pastor. And, uh, so go see a Christian counselor, uh, get a hobby, do things you enjoy, exercise. Uh, we played, uh, we had our first turkey bowl this past week. Maybe you saw some of those posts on Facebook. Yeah, a bunch of us here uh, played, and uh, we are still sore. Uh, we, and we just played touch. We didn't even play tackle, so that's, that's pretty sad. But, uh, but exercise, take the stairs rather, rather than the elevator. There's not really a whole lot of stairs around here in Goldsboro. Uh, at the hospital there are, I guess. <clears throat> um, park your car in the farthest spot and walk. Uh, here's a little thing about me. I don't have very much patience, so I'm not one of these guys that's just going to loop around trying to find the closest spot. I'll pull in, and I'll park a stinking mile away if that's the first thing I see, and it drives my wife crazy, <laughs> but it's just the way I am, you know, and we're, we're getting exercise as well, but uh, get a pedometer, you can, or do a, a, an app on your phone where you can track how many steps you're taking. I think the averages, they, they say to get 10,000 steps uh, a day. Uh, list what you like about yourself how about that? How about instead of going around and just bashing yourself all the time, which you don't like, how about you write down what you do like about yourself? It's okay to do that. That's not arrogant. Write down some things that you like about yourself. Write, some, write down some things you like about your spouse. Put it on the mirror. Let them, let them look at it. Read a good book. Watch a funny movie or TV show. Laugh. Laugh. Pamper yourself from time to time. Now, if you are a mother with, with small kids, when you take a shower, that feels like a day at the spa. You know, I'm, 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 I'm in that world, so, so I understand what that is. Um, take care of a few small tasks that you've been neglecting. Man, sometimes it feels good to just accomplish maybe something you've been putting off for a while. Helping a depressed person. Being a compassionate listener is much more important than giving advice. Here's some questions that you can ask. when did you begin feeling like this that's a question you could ask did something happen that made you start feeling this way how can i best support you right now have you thought about getting help remember being supportive involves offering encouragement and hope these are some uh some other things you can do um helpful things you can say. You are not alone in this. I'm here for you. Would you like to hear that? Someone just say, I'm here for you. You may not believe it now, but the way you're feeling will change. You know, life is full of seasons. You could say, I may not be able to understand exactly how you feel, but I care about you And I want to help you. How about just saying, I love you? That helps me. Someone just lets me know that they love me. You are important to me. Your life is important to me. Tell me what I can do now to help you. Don't dismiss people's feelings. Validate them. Your feelings, and we, you know, we talk about feelings, and, and a lot of th- a lot of times, and I, I've even been guilty of this as well. We talk about feelings as kind of like a negative thing. Don't you know? Don't don't trust your feelings. Don't, you know what? God, God's given us these feelings, and sometimes your feelings can be one of your best friends. And you need to listen uh, to to your feelings as well as getting you know biblical advice. The Bible tells you to share in your sufferings, but it also says to share in your comfort as well. That's biblical when you share your feelings and when you share in your comfort. Don't bombard someone with Bible verses or Christian-isms. Oh, I can't stand it. When I'm going through a different... And I've been guilty of it, I know. But I can't stand it, man, when I'm going through a difficult time and someone just quotes me Bible verse after Bible verse. Should I say that as a pastor? I just did. Listen, man, next time I'm going through a difficult time and you just quote off a bunch of Bible verses and you give me these dumb Christianisms that aren't even in in the Bible, I'm going to tackle you. That's what I'm going to do, man. I'm just going to tackle you. If you're a girl, I have my wife to tackle you. She's tough. <clears throat> don't say, don't say to people, God will never give you more than you can handle. Oh, we already talk, we talked about that one, you know, that church fib, man. And I actually saw that. Someone was going through a difficult time, um, and they were posting on Facebook, and then someone responded with that, and he said, uh-uh, that's not true. My You know, so he was, so he was quoting the, the passage from, from last time. Um, Don't say, just pray more. Just pray more. That's going to help me. I don't even want to pray right now. I mean, when I've been going, you know, through the last decade, there's been some times, man. I've been going through some tough times, and there was a season, man, where I I didn't even want to pray. And here I was, a pastor and I would just have to sit before the Lord and just say, God, I don't even know what to say to you. I don't even want to talk to you right now, but I'm just going to sit, and whatever you want to do, put on my heart. I'm just being real, man. I'm just being real. Don't say, just get over it. Don't say, look on the bright side. I just lost my loved one. Look on the bright side, no they're no no longer here. You still have yours, don't tell me that. So as we review here, take care of yourself physically before it becomes a problem. Take care of yourself physically. Keep a proper perspective, not focusing on others, self and circumstances before it becomes a problem and number three trust in God's power to see you through not your own power before it becomes a problem and if you don't do these three things you're going to have a problem however no problem is bigger than our God There is nothing that you are going through right now in your life that is bigger than God. And Satan, who's a punk, is going to try to tell you that that's not true. I heard a quote from Pastor Perry Noble this past week. My wife actually shared it with me. It says, Jesus doesn't want to change your circumstances, He wants to change you through your circumstances. Jesus doesn't want to change your circumstances. He wants to change you. If God changes your circumstances but not you, then what a shame. I'd rather him change me than my circumstances. Because, man, this is not our home. You are going to go through hardship in this life. But this is not all that you have waiting for you. And sometimes I feel like we live like heaven's supposed to be right now. It's not right now. It's, it's waiting for us. But God's going to get you through this time. Um, we're going go to th- take communion right now. 42 minutes. That's pretty good. 12.06. Um, we're going to take communion right now. The usher is going to come right now, and the worship team is going to come. If you did not get a communion cup, we haven't we haven't taken communion in a couple months, and I just felt like we needed to do it tonight. I That's I, my first time I did it. I felt like we needed to take communion today, this morning, uh, especially with this series. So if you did not get a communion cup, we just raise your hands. Uh, this is for believers. If you... Uh, have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just raise your hand, and we'll get you guys a communion cup. Uh, Andy, I need a communion cup too, so I I forgot to grab one. Thank you, sir. So what I want you to do is I want you to peel this back, all right? And I want you to hold the cup and the wafer, and we're not going to take it just right now. there's something to be said about when you hold something, when you, when you, when you, when you hold something in your hand, when it's tangible. Um, and so we're going we're gonna to take communion. I want to pray first, and then after we pray, we're going to take it together as a family, as a church family, as a church body that goes through the highs and the lows of life together with each other, Um. Man, I'm looking around the room, dude, and uh, I'm one of your pastors, and I know what what a lot of you guys are going through right now. I mean, I look around the room, I I look at people that have lost loved ones. I go through, I look around the room, and I look at people that um, are battling some severe stuff right now. Um, It's an honor as your pastor walk through what you're going through right now. And I don't take that for granted. So let me pray right now.